we have in Joshua, and we have successfully conquered Jericho. And we talked last time about uh, how things up until this point are going uh, pretty much in parallel with Revelation. So we um, you know, that, uh, Yeshua is going to land at the last trumpet. Jericho drops at the last trumpet, um, etc. So Jericho's gone, and so now we're down to chapter 7. And it says, But the people of Israel broke faith in regard to the devoted things, for Achan, the son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of the devoted things, and the anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon, east of Bethel, and said to them, Go up and spy out the land. And the men went up and spied out Ai. And if I had a map, which I don't have, um, what I would show you is, if, if, for those of you who have maps, I can talk you through this, because people out in uh, Tapeland may or may not have maps. So what you have is Jericho has just been defeated, and Jericho is on uh, the west side of the plain of the Jordan River, just at the base of the mountains, as the mountains start to go up to the central highlands. And basically do, ah, I haven't got to do any good, but that's all right. No, that's too small. Uh, yeah, scale, uh, too large scale. Um, yeah. And Ken, if you will move to the side so I don't laser you right in the face. <laughs> cool. Um, as we're looking, all right, so Jericho is right there. Um, basically, just above the Dead Sea, just to the west of the Jordan River on the plains of the Jordan. So you have, on this map, you've got this central ridge group, which is this line in red on this map going north and south along the central mountains. You have Jerusalem, which is about right there. So directly north of Jerusalem is Bethel, and the distance is, oh, it looks like uh, 10 or 15 miles north of Jerusalem is Bethel. So about two miles to the east of Bethel is Ai. And so what, what's happening is they're, they've conquered Jericho, so they need to come up out of the Jordan River and take the saddle of Benjamin. And Bethel, Ai, uh, Gibeon uh, are all in the middle of the saddle of Benjamin. So what they're doing is they're coming up and they're going to they're attack Ai. However, as, as it says at the beginning, what's happened is one of the... Uh, members of the army of Israel has taken one of the devoted things and the Lord is not going to be with them. So now verse 2. So Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near beth east of Bethel, and said to them, Go up and spy out the land. And the men went up and spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not have all the people go up, but let about 
two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Do not make the whole people toil up there, for they are few. So again, the, um, I remember reading uh, World War Two, or try again, World War One book by Erwin Rommel, and most people think of Rommel as being the intrepid tank commander in North Africa that the Desert Fox and so forth. He actually got his spurs in World War One as an infantry commander, and he was conducting tank warfare on foot. <laughs> yes, in other words, he was thinking like a tank commander, except he was working on foot, as was everybody. And he was in the Italian Alps, and he was writing about an attack that they were doing, and one of his uh, subordinate units, I don't remember what size unit it was, went down, and his comment was, they went down and it was at a cost of a thousand feet. So what that meant was, where they were up near where they were going to attack, this guy in going around had gone downhill about a thousand feet, which meant that they had to climb a thousand feet back up to attack. Okay? And if you're on foot and you're carrying all your you know, weapons and pack and all that kind of stuff. A thousand feet of elevation when you're trying to attack somebody is a big deal. So, what the spies are saying to Joshua is, you guys are all down here on the flat at the at the Jordan River. And it's about 2,000 feet up to Ai. We don't need everybody to take out this little town. So rather than having everybody truck up there a couple thousand feet on foot to take out this one little town, just you know, send uh, basically a brigade, uh, about two to three thousand men, basically a brigade, and send a brigade up there, and you'll be able to take them out with no problem. So the, the the deal is, you don't want everybody to have to go make this climb if you don't have to. That's the thinking is. Uh, from the perspective of the spies. Um, so, maybe verse four. And in my in three, my my translation says, "Do not make the whole people toil up there, as they are few." They being the people of Ai. So, if you're going to take everybody up to the top of the hill, that's a lot of work. Most of them you're not going to need anyway, so don't do it. Okay? Um, so verse 4. So about 3,000 men went up there from the people, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai killed about 36 of their men and chased them before the gate as far as Shebarim and struck them in the descent. And the hearts of the people melted and became as water. So their brigade that they had sent up there uh, basically bounced, and the men of Ai, what? Yeah. Well, it is. It, well, no, it's not a lot. But the point is, they were running. So it was not your three thousand are directly engaged with the people of Ai. What happened was the men of Ai came out, and the men of Israel panicked and ran, 
and about 36 of them were caught by the men of AI and struck down. Sort of like the old joke, uh, two guys are walking along and they meet a bear, and one guy turns around and starts to run, and he says, you can't out, the other guy says, you can't outrun a bear. I said, I don't have to outrun the bear, I just have to outrun you. So, you have 2,964 uh, were able to outrun the three. Correct. 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 In other words, they, they, they were not successful in taking the town, which is the big deal. The fact that they lost 36, in, in a straight-on battle, they might have lost 36 or more men, but if they had taken the town, that would have been uh, different. Mm -hmm. And so when they when their brigade gets run off, it says it in verse five, uh, the hearts of the people melted and became as water. In other words, they'd just taken Jericho, and the Lord was clearly on their side because you know they do the marching around the thing and they shout, the walls fall down, they go through, they take Jericho out, destroy them all, and they're feeling uh, pretty invincible and they send up a brigade to take out what should be a, t a small town, and the brigade bounces, and all of a sudden, this high morale that they had had after the Battle of Jericho is now just as low as it was high before. Okay? So, verse 6. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to give us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? Would that we had been content to dwell beyond the Jordan. O Lord, what can I say when Israel has turned their backs before their enemies? And the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it and will surround us and cut off our name from the earth and what will you do for your great name? So Joshua is pulling a Moses. Okay? Remember, as God is threatening to destroy Israel, a golden calf, for example, uh, what happens is Moses falls on his face before God and says, God, if you destroy this people, then what's everybody going to say about your great name? So Joshua, having learned from Moses, uh, is doing the same thing. So verse 10. The Lord said to Joshua, Get up. Why have you fallen on your face? Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen and lied and put them among their own belongings. Therefore, the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before the enemies, their enemies because they have become devoted for destruction. So you took some of the devoted things, and because of that, you yourselves are now devoted for destruction. I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. Get up, consecrate the people, and say, 
consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. For thus says the Lord, God of Israel, there are devoted things in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the devoted things from among you. In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought near by tribes, and the tribe that the Lord takes by lot shall come near by clan, and the clan that the Lord takes shall come near by households, and the households that the Lord takes shall come near by man. And he who has taken with the devoted things, that's right, he who has taken with the devoted things shall be burned with fire, he and all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he has done an outrageous thing in Israel. So, again, you remember when the instructions at uh, Jericho, when they went in, is you are basically to kill everything that breathes, and anything that doesn't breathe that is of a value, which is to say metals, gold, silver, bronze, and iron, that's to go into the treasury of the Lord. But individuals are not to take anything for themselves. This is the only place that happens. Uh, in subsequent towns that they take, they are allowed to take they are required to kill the people because what God is doing is clearing that people out of the land. But they are allowed to take the cattle and the goods and all that kind of stuff for themselves. But at Jericho, they were not. That was an explicit instruction. Um, verse 16. So Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel near tribe by tribe. And the tribe of Judah was taken. And he brought near the clans of Judah. And the clan of the Zerahites was taken. And he brought near the clan of the Zerahites, man by man. And Zabdi was taken. And he brought near his household, man by man. And Achan, the son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. And Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to the Lord God of Israel, and give praise to him. And tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. Then Achan answered. Then Achan answered Joshua, Truly I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I did. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful cloak from Shinar, Babylon, and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels, then I coveted them and took them, and see, they are hidden in the earth inside my tent with the silver underneath. So he's the, the, the key thing here is they're hidden. So when he did it, he knew he was not supposed to do it. It is not the case that he has somehow made a mistake. He has, wow, look at that pretty thing. I guess I'll take it home for my wife. And everybody, look at this pretty thing I found. I'm going to take it. You know, I mean, that's not the case. He, he took it secretly. He hid it inside of his tent. He buried it. So he, in fact, knew that he was not supposed to have uh, And that is sort of key to what's going on here. Let's see if this guy has come up. Ah, maybe I can get this coming up. Look at a map. Okay. Um, so anyway, there's a map of what I just showed you. And you can see at the upper right-hand edge of the map is Jericho and Gilgal. 
which is where all this action is taken. And then you can see basically at the end of the uh, mile scale, uh, the distance scale, AI and Bethel up here. There's AI and there's Bethel. They are in the places where I described them. Okay? And uh, get another map in just a minute. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can see the, the terrain shading down at Jericho. Everything's flat. And you've got the meanders of the Jordan. You know, the Jordan River has created this plain where Jericho is. And then immediately it starts going up. And very high and very rugged. All right, so let's get Aiken stoned and then we'll go to AI. So Joshua sent messengers, I'm in verse 22, 722. So Joshua sent messengers and they ran to the tent, and behold, it was hidden in his tent with silver underneath. And they took them out of the tent and brought them to Joshua and to all the people of Israel. And they laid them down before the Lord. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan the son of Zerah and the silver and the cloak and the bar of gold and his sons and daughters and his oxen and donkeys and sheep and his tent and all that he had. And they brought them up to the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why did you bring trouble on us? The Lord brings trouble on you today. And all Israel stoned him with stones. They burned them with fire and stoned them with stones. And they raised over them a great heap of stones that remains to this day. Then the Lord turned from his burning anger. Therefore, to this day, the name of that place is the valley of Achor. And Achor, of course, means trouble. Um, in this translation, at least, it is not completely clear that they stoned all of his children. Uh, you can, it said they stoned, and all Israel stoned him with stones. Then they burned them with fire and stoned them with stones. So I'm not, I sort of think that everything he owned and was associated with him uh, was stoned. One of the things that um, happens in the Bible is when God makes a rule and you have a transition change, in other words, things are changing from one regime to another, and God makes a rule, what happens is immediately after the rule gets made, somebody violates it. And that person, yeah, precisely. Uh, so when they're coming out of Egypt, and God gives them the Sabbath in the wilderness. So you have a regime change, you know, a, a, a change of the way we're doing things. And then you have the guy picking up sticks on the Sabbath. What do we do with it? Moses says, I don't know. Let me go ask God. God says, stone him. Similarly, you've got the case where you have a, a half-breed man who's the mother is... Israeli and his father is Egyptian and they're fighting he, he, the, the quarrel in the camp and the, the, the Egyptian guy you know half breed if you will blasphemes in the heat of the fight and again what do we do with him and so they go to God and what do we do with him and they stone him and the thing is you don't ever in the Bible again see anybody that I know of get stoned for working on the Sabbath 
You don't ever again see anybody get stoned for blasphemy, at least that I know of. I mean, it, it may happen, but I don't know of a case in Scripture, just right off the top of my head. And similarly, you're going to have Achan taking some loot, and he will get stoned. And this is God's way of saying, hey, this new regime that we are going into is different, and I mean it. And it's like an exclamation point. And I, we're not going to have anybody get stoned again that I know, at least not for anything like that, again, that I know of. So this seems to be a pattern uh, early in Scripture is, is you have a change in regime, change in status, change in what's going on. God makes a rule. Somebody violates it. God has that person stoned to make the point that, uh, pay attention, this is now different. And they go off. So as that is a that has never happened that I know of. Yeah, you're talking about numbers, uh, numbers five or six, where it, where it has if if you have a, a son who's a glutton and a wine bibber and and so forth, and his father and his mother bring him before the elders and say, we got a worthless son here. If he does. Uh, as I read it, it, all of the rabbinic literature that I have read, say that nobody has ever actually had that happen. Yes? You mean before he got chosen? In, in other words, if he'd taken it, buried it in his tent, said that night, oh, I can't do this, dug it up, gone to Joshua and said, at, at that point, short answer is I don't know. Um, but he didn't. Um, don't know. It didn't happen, so I don't know. What, what I think Carmen is saying is, immediately after Jericho, the guy has taken the stuff and, and hidden it in his tent, and he goes to sleep that night, before the Battle of Ai, and he says, oh, I can't do this, it digs it up, takes it to Joshua and says, I was tempted, I sinned, I cannot do this, and I'm... Yeah, that... Yeah, but, but again, it didn't happen, so I don't know. Notes. Um, so, so now we're down to chapter eight, and now I'm going to change maps on you. Um, we still got a map. Cool. Does everybody know how to read a topo map? Does anybody not know how to read a topo map? Okay. Now, I'm not trying to teach you all how to suck eggs, but the, 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 the terrain here is critical. So if you can't see the hills and the valleys and the root and all that kind of stuff, fess up now and I'll show you. You can see it all, then fine. We'll go ahead. All right. 
So what I've got up here now is a, uh, a, a high-definition map of the Bethel AI area. And we've got, to the left of it, you've got the modern Israel with their roads and so forth. Then approximately in the center of this map, there's this blue dot. It's labeled AI, right there. Okay, and AI is the location of AI in all maps usually has a question mark because it got destroyed so thoroughly that we're not sure where it was. Okay, what we do know is uh, biblical Bethel, which is going to be. Uh, where did you go? Ancient Bethel. See this 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 white circle here, which is in the middle of modern El Bure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So modern El Bure, basically right in the middle of it, you have this circle, and that's labeled ancient Bethel. And notice that it is to the north and west of Ai. Okay. And to orient you on the terrain, um, you have a hill uh, basically to the north and slightly east of AI. So you have then a ravine. AI is on basically a finger. So you have this ridge that is running down here, and you've got sort of a wide place in the middle of the ridge. Here's the top of the hill to the uh, west of AI. And then you've got AI on sort of a flat on the ridge. And then you've got a ridge going down here, and here and to the uh, south and west of AI, you've got fairly steep terrain. You can see how the, uh, the contour lines are real close together there. Uh, and so as we're looking, you've got uh, to the uh, east, you've got a fairly steep, deep wadi that's going to come up from Jericho. So as they're coming up, they're coming up this trail at, to the uh, bottom uh, right of the map and, or to the uh, south and east of AI. They're coming up, and there's a, there's a wadi, and they're going to go up the wadi, and they're going to go around to uh, the west of AI. Okay? So I, everybody got the terrain. Okay. And having described that, this description of what they're going to do will make a lot of sense. So verse 8, or chapter 8. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear and do not be dismayed. Take all the fighting men with you. So everybody's coming. Take all the fighting men with you and arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai and his people, his city and his land. And you should do to Ai and his king as you did to Jericho and its king. Only its spoil and its livestock you shall take as plunder for yourselves. Lay an ambush against the city behind it. So Joshua and all the fighting men arose to go up to Ai. And Joshua took, chose 30,000 mighty men of valor and sent them out by night. And he commanded them, Behold, you shall lie an ambush against the city behind it. Do not go very far from the city, but all of you remain ready. And I and all the people who are with me will approach the city. And when they come out against us, just as before, we shall flee before them. And they will come out after us. 
until we have drawn them away from the city. For they will say they are fleeing from us just as before. So we will flee before them. So the idea is we're going to put 30,000 men basically in this ravine over here. The ravine is, as I say, to the uh, south and west of Ai. It's a fairly steep ravine. So you're going to have the people of Israel are going to come up out of the Jericho, and they're instead of going up toward Ai, they're going to skirt around, and, and this hill, everybody know what the military crest of a hill is? Okay. Um, term of art. When you're on a hill, you don't, if you're defending a hill, you don't get on top of the hill. What you do is you come down the top of the hill to what's known as the military crest. And you go down to the point where you can see all the way down to the valley. Because a hill curves as it comes up to the top. So if you're on the top, you've got the curve of the hill and you can't see past the curve of the hill to the valley itself. Okay? So AI is very much above the military crest of this ridge. Okay? So as Israel comes up, they're coming up, and there's trees on this particular map. I don't know if there were trees there. But they're coming up through the trees here, basically to the south and west of AI. And they're moving around through the trees, but they're also masked by the terrain itself. Because AI sitting up here can't see all the way down to the bottom of the wadi. Okay? So basically the 30,000 troops that have come up uh, and are sitting down here in the bottom of this, uh, at the bottom of this uh, ridge are invisible to the people of AI because the terrain masks them. Okay? Okay, so it makes sense to everybody? Okay. Um, so that's where the 30,000 guys are going to go. Um, where am I here? So we'll pick it up at verse 6. So Joshua speaking. And they will come out after us until we have drawn them away from the city, for they will say they are fleeing from us just as before. So we shall flee before them. Then you shall rise up from the ambush and seize the city, for the Lord our God will give it into your hand. And as soon as you have taken the city, you shall see this, set the city on fire. You shall do according to the word of the Lord. See, I have commanded you. So the idea is you've got these 30,000 guys uh, down at the bottom of this ridge uh, where they are invisible from the city. Joshua and the main army are going to come up with a frontal assault, just like happened before, the men of AI, feeling very confident because they were able to run off the previous brigade, uh, are going to come out and they're going to attack the main body of the Israelite army. And so what Joshua has said, as soon as they attack, we are going to turn and run. And we're going to let them think that they have chased us off again. And what they will do, in the military doctrine. When you have the enemy on the run, you keep pursuing. You don't let them stop and regroup. So, and we'll see that on Joshua's long day. Uh, when you've broken the enemy and they're, and they're fleeing before you, military doctrine is you keep going 
until you've either killed or captured them all. What you don't want them to do is to be able to stop, regroup, rest, turn around, and come after you again. So the idea that once Israel starts to run again, the men of AI will pursue them is perfectly sound military doctrine. Uh, unfortunately, it's, unfortunately, the men of AI are not big enough to deal with the size of the threat that they're facing. In other words, they don't have enough men to both pursue the main Israelite army and garrison the city. They can do one or the other, but they don't have enough men to do both. So what Joshua is saying is, I'm betting that they will choose to pursue, which will draw the fighting men away from the city, leaving it open for the ambush to come up. Okay? We're all square on what's happening? Um, so verse 9. So Joshua sent them out, and they went to the place of ambush, and lay between Bethel and Ai, to the west of Ai, where Joshua spent the night among the people. So you have Bethel here, you have Ai here, and Bethel is to the north and west of Ai, and you can see this wadi sort of curls around to the uh, starting south of Ai, and goes around and then comes north. So the Israelite ambush is going to be somewhere probably in this area. And again, Ai is on the far side of the hill. So the hill itself and the terrain are masking the Israelite ambush force. Okay? Um, not far. Um, the distance from Bethel to Ai is a mile or less. Or, I'm sorry, a mile, mile and a half maybe. Not very far. Mm-hmm. That one? Mm. Not far at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, from the previous map, From the previous map, this one has a scale up here. Okay. And this distance is uh, five kilometers. So you have that distance there is five miles. See the distance there? So, yeah, maybe a mile. Not very far. So we're down to verse 10, maybe. Joshua rose early in the morning and mustered the people and went up, he and the elders of Israel before the people of Ai. To Ai. And all the fighting men who were with him went up and drew near before the city and encamped on the north side of Ai, with a ravine between them and Ai. So they're on the north of Ai, and they're camped on this hill, and there's a ravine right here on the map between where Joshua is and Ai. Okay? 
So the main body of Joshua's army is right here. Um, verse 12. He took about 5,000 men and set them in ambush between Bethel and Ai to the west of the city. So you've got a 30,000 man force down here and it looks like you've got a 5,000 man force is probably coming around the north side of this hill, which is to the north of Ai, and again, you wouldn't be able to see them move from Ai. Okay? So you would send them on what this is obviously a road today, send them around here toward Bethel, and probably put them up in that area. Again, where they're not visible because of terrain. So he's got 5,000 basically up here, and he's got 30,000 down here, and the rest of the army is there. Okay? Um, so, 13. So they stationed the forces, the main, encamp the main encampment that was north of the city and its rear guard west of the city. But Joshua spent the night in the valley. And as soon as the king of Ai saw this, he and all his people, the men of the city, hurried and went out early to the appointed place toward the Arabah to meet Israel in battle. The Arabah is the Dead Sea. So what, what that is saying is he is going to the east. So if you're going toward the Arabah, you're going to be coming down this uh, wadi here, which, go, which runs uh, south and east out of Ai. Okay? Well, any, any of this doesn't clear, just raise your hands. I'm not trying to teach you all how to suck eggs, but I want to make sure I'm clear. Um, where am I here? 15. Actually, I didn't finish 14. So 14 again. And as soon as the king of Ai saw this, he and all his people, the men of the city, hurried and went out early to the appointed place, toward the Arabah to meet Israel in battle. But he did not know that there was an ambush against him behind the city. And Joshua and all Israel pretended to be beaten before them and fled in the direction of the wilderness. So all the people who were in the city were called together to pursue them. And they pursued Joshua. They were drawn away from the city. Not a man was left in Ai or Bethel who did not go after Israel. They left the city open and pursued Israel. Now, notice we've got Bethel involved here too now. I do not know what's going on there. I am going to speculate. And my speculation is the people of Ai and the people of Bethel are very close neighbors. And when the first attack came that they were able to drive back, I suspect that the people of Ai walked over to the people of Bethel and said they're probably coming back. And so you had Bethel come over and reinforce Ai with the expectation that Israel was going to come back and they were going to bring more people so the Bethel Ai group needed more people because Bethel does not get burned in this action. So I don't know that Bethel is completely empty. What I, what I am speculating, and this is speculation, I, I, Scripture does not say it. So what I'm speculating is you had a bunch, of, a bunch of fighting men from Bethel came over 
to reinforce AI with the expectation that Israel's going to be back. And of course, as you look at the map here, when AI goes, the next one on the saddle of Benjamin is Bethel. And remember, the, 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 the objective of the exercise here is to take the saddle of Benjamin. So Bethel is under no illusions that if AI falls, they're going to be safe. So it would make sense to me that they would send some of their fighting men to help out. But as the scripture doesn't say that. I'm sorry? No. I don't know how big Bethel was. Bethel is considerably... Um, I don't think so, because the spies that went up the, the total human death toll in AI is about 20,000. We'll see that in a minute if we get that far. And so you figure that, what, 20% of them are of fighting age, and you have women and children and old people and so forth that are not of fighting age. So I, you know, maybe 4,000 are. Uh, and, and, and actually, 4,000 doesn't even seem credible because the original spy report says two or 3,000 ought to be able to take these people down. So even 4,000 is generous, but Bethel's a bigger city. Bethel's much larger. Um, so where am I here? <coughs> so 15. And Joshua, no, I did that. Uh, so verse 17. Not a man was left in Bethel, or Ai or Bethel, who did not go out after Israel. They left the city open and pursued Israel. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Stretch out the javelin that is in your hand toward Ai, for I have given it into your hand. And Joshua stretched out the javelin that was in his hand toward the city. And the men in the ambush rose quickly out of their place, and as soon as he had stretched out his hand, they ran and entered the city and captured it. And they hurried to set the city on fire. So when the men of Ai looked back, behold, the smoke of the city went up to heaven, and they had no power to flee this way or that, for the people who had fled to the wilderness turned back against the pursuers. So what's happened now is the main body of Israel has fallen back downhill. Ai has, and Bethel people have pursued them down. The ambush has gone in, taken the city, and what you now have is the fighting force of AI is surrounded. You've got the ambush force of 30,000 in back of them. You've got the main Israelite army in front of them who have now quit fleeing, turned around and faced them, and there's nowhere they can go. So you, you take, he's uh, lured them out into the open, and they are now surrounded by Israelite forces. 21. And when Joshua and all Israel saw that the ambush had captured the city and that the smoke of the city went up, they turned back and struck down the men of Ai. And the others came out from the city against them. And the others came out from the city against them. So they were in the midst of Israel, some on this side, some on that side. And Israel struck them down until there was left none that survived or escaped. But the king of Ai they took alive and brought him near to Joshua. Twenty-four. When Israel had finished killing all the inhabitants of Ai in the open wilderness, where they pursued them, and all of them to the very last had fallen by the edge of the sword, all Israel 
returned to Ai and struck down with the edge of the sword. And all who fell that day, both men and women, were 12,000. I said 20,000 earlier, 12,000. Uh, so you figure 20 percent of that, you're talking, what, a couple thousand fighting men potentially. Uh, 26. But Joshua did not draw back his hand with which he stretched out the javelin until he had voted all the inhabitants to Ai to destruction. Notice they do not destroy Bethel here. Don't know why. Only the livestock and the spoil of that city Israel took as their plunder, according to the word of the Lord that he had commanded Joshua. So Israel burned Ai and made it forever a heap of ruins, as it is to this day. And he hanged the king of Ai on a tree until evening. And at sunset, Joshua commanded, and they took his body down from the tree and threw it at the entrance of the gate of the city and raised over it a great heap of stones which stands to this day. So they have destroyed Ai. And now, the next part of this, and let me give you a different map if I can. Find uh, one that's in that area. This will work. Okay, this is a, a, a map of all Israel, and as you're looking here, um, it's hard to read, but you can see terrain. So Jericho has not moved; it's still down there. And so Bethel and Ai are in the saddle. And what's going to happen next is they are going to go up to Shechem, where Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal are, and they're going to renew the covenant. Now, and, and so this is where the battle is that they've just had in, in this area in, in the saddle of Benjamin. So they're going to go north, and I think that Shechem there, so Shechem is a fair distance north. And what that leads me to believe, and I don't know if this is true, is that we have something that may be out of time sequence here. Because they've just come up and taken this one city in the middle of the Saddle of Benjamin, and for the whole army to then march north unopposed to renew the covenant and write down the Torah on the stones and all that kind of stuff, I think that it feels to me like that may happen later, and this vignette is out of place in time. Uh, but I don't know. It, it, again, that's speculation. So we're now down to verse 30, and we'll finish up the chapter and then quit. So Joshua 8:30. At that time, Joshua built an altar to the Lord, the God of Israel, on Mount Ebal just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the people of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of uncut stones upon which no man has welded an iron tool, and he offered on it burnt offerings to the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. And there in the presence of the people of Israel, he wrote on the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he had written. So, again, you understand why it... it, it Verse 30 starts off with at that time. So, I mean, if you're a literalist, like I tend to be, 
You figure the next thing that happens after he takes out AI is they all march north. Uh, I would imagine some 20 miles and to Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal and renew the covenant there. But you've got uh, all the kings of the south, you've got the Gideonites, all those kinds of people who are still on the saddle of Benjamin and they still have not been subdued. So, I don't know. They may, be, they may be did it just exactly as scripture writes or this may be something that in fact happens after Joshua's long day when he's in fact got the saddle of, no, we just lost it. After he's got the saddle of Benjamin firmly in his hands. I, I don't know. Um, so I'm not under verse 33. And all Israel sojourned as well as pregnant. And all Israel sojourned as well as native born with their elders and officers and their judges stood on opposite sides of the ark before the Levitical priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord. Half of them in front of Mount Gerizim and half of them in front of Mount Ebal, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded at the first to bless the people of Israel. And afterward, he read all the words of the law, the blessing and the curse, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There is not a word of all that Moses commanded that Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel, and the women and the little ones and the soldiers who lived among them. So, um, as, as I say, it specifically says at that time, so they, they may in fact have turned north, all 600,000 of them, and gone north to do this. And in, in a sense, you can understand that because basically everything that they are getting is being gotten at the hand of the Lord. So to turn north, I don't know what the actual distance is, I think maybe uh, and this map doesn't give me a good scale. It's really too large. I know, but I can see the maps. Ah. So anyway, um, it, it's considerable distance. It's, it's, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. comment was that uh, Battle of AI is basically just to the uh, east of what's now Ramallah and uh, Shechem is basically just to the south of modern day Nablus. Nablus. Now, Revelation does have gaps or skips. What they do in Revelation is Revelation is organized um, three sevens, and between the sixth and the seventh of each of the three sets, you have a break. And what the break is, uh, the way I describe it, is meanwhile back at the ranch, um, 
In other words, you've got this sequence of sevens, you're building toward the seventh one, and between the sixth and the seventh, and in the meantime, over here, this is going on. So it's, it's yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know. I, I don't know. And I'm, I'm not seriously questioning scripture. I'm, I'm simply saying, given what's going on and given the fact that they have not yet completely secured the saddle of Benjamin, I just, it, it just feels... Well, the, the next thing that's going to happen is we're going to have um, the, the Gibeonites are going to um, hoodwink them and get a treaty. And then basically all the Canaanite kings in the south are going to band together and mount an assault on Gibeon. And Gibeon is going to call on Joshua for assistance in accordance with the covenant they've just made. And Joshua is basically going to uh, destroy the army of the kings of the south, chase them clear back to the towns in the Mediterranean. We have a long day of Joshua, for example. So this is a major battle. And what that winds up doing is nailing down the saddle of Benjamin for Israel. At that point, they are in undisputed possession of the saddle of Benjamin. And, you know, just like I said, gee, doesn't make any sense to me that you would do a river crossing into a hostile territory and then take all of your men out of commission by circumcision. But they did. So this may be a similar kind of a thing. You know, okay, we haven't really uh, secured the saddle, but we're going to go redo the covenant of the Lord, and then we'll come back and take care of the rest of this. Just don't know. It was all speculation on my part. Anybody else got me? Yeah. Because Moses said to. Moses said before he died that you will go to Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal, and we have half the tribes on one side and half the tribes on the other side with the priests in the middle, and they're going to read all these blessing and curses and you're going to set up stones and whitewash them and write all the words of this law. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and as I say, it, it may in fact be in sequence just as I've read. I, I, I'm not just... No, I'm not talking about time. I'm, talking, I'm actually talking about sequence. It feels like it's out of sequence. Yes. In other words, it, and and based on nothing except it just, as I say, as a commander, I wouldn't circumcise all my men in hostile territory. But as a commander, I also would not leave the enemy in possession of the saddle of Benjamin while I ran everybody up. Yeah. That that. Yeah, that, that's the only point I make. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. So again, I I'm, I'm not calling scripture into question, and if you like it sequentially, God bless you. Uh, but it feels out of sequence to me. With that, would somebody like closing prayer? Amen.